I, I was looking up, actually, it was a big thing on, I think it was like on Schumer, she's been accused as well of uh, some joke thievery. And then it led me to this other, there was a kind of comedians that have been accused. And I was like, you're kidding me, because I, I adored his stuff. But it's it's pretty blatant. Yeah, well, I, I didn't turn on the recorder. We were talking about Dennis Leary. We were going to play yeah. Merry, Merry Fucking Christmas by Dennis Leary. Ah. And then... I'm I'm uh, I'm against him because of this joke stealing yeah. thing with Bill Hicks. Yeah. However, um, I still do like his uh, appearance. Is his job in um, uh, what was that Christmas movie he was in? Oh, the the ref. The ref. No, God, yeah. I love that movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. No. Oh, he's a great actor. It's just it's so hard, you know. It's just I know it's a hard industry, and uh, you know it's a practice that I think is commonly kind of done, and I think it's probably one of those addictive things that once you start doing it, you know, it's just like oh, I got away with it once. I'll do it again, but uh, yeah, yeah everybody does it. He was just more blatant than others. Like but he, he, was, he, but that's the thing is, I think some people get a little ballsy with it, and then just they get. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, Carlos Mencia got in a huge amount of trouble for doing that too. Yes, he's another. Yeah, uh, yeah. I listened yeah. to Rogan's uh, podcast. He had a big thing on him as well. Yeah, he, he was he was the one who called him out on it too. Very. That's publicly. right. And he got in a lot of shit for it. And then afterwards, uh, the the people started finding out. And they're like, "Oh, I guess Rogan's not an asshole. He was the only one with the balls to actually come out and say it." So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Love Rogan. Yes, and we saw uh, him was, here. That was one of the treats of my my trip. I have to say, thank you so much for that. that <laughs> seeing was amazing. seeing Joe Rogan at the comedy store. He's just kind of like, "You want to go to the, the comedy store? Oh, whoa! Just a minute. Joe Rogan's playing there. Like just to, you know, like that couldn't have been a more perfect, uh, yeah. perfect show." <laughs> <laughs> in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about Radio Mysterioso? Yeah, I hope we're not overdriving that very much. <laughs> so we made it through 2018. How are you? I'm here. I think that's everyone's response. <laughs> we made it. I'm here. No, I'm doing great. I'm having a wonderful time. I flew home to visit my family. So I'm visiting you from uh, the East Coast in Canada, Nova Scotia. Just cracked into a ginormous lobster and uh, had myself a... I saw that lobster. Jeez. <sighs> Three pounder. It's as big as your head. The the claw is. The claw was as big as your head. <laughs> yes, yes, indeedy. But uh, no, it's going to take me a couple sittings. I just had, uh, <laughs> had 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 just a taste. There's uh, there's more to come. But yeah, no, nope, sitting here and had a heaping of my mother's yummy peanut butter balls and just having a nice home, down home East Christmas. So, Sal- salty uh, yeah. peanut butter balls. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, you, if you put them in your mouth and suck them, that's how I'm told you're... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard is the, the, the best way to enjoy your... Salty salt, peanut butter balls. Salty peanut butter balls. My sister just texted me. I was like, <laughs> let me turn these things down so we're not getting all this noise. She just said, it's all your fault. I've had that fluffy song running through my head all day. Do you know that song? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I played it for her yesterday, and she was in, she was incredulous and laughing her ass her ass off. She loved it. <laughs> uh, it is as infectious as it is weird. Yeah, uh, and so is the so is the Fred Schneider version, which is pretty damn good too. <laughs> That's one. And yourself, sir, how are you finding yourself on this uh, end of this interesting year of uh, <laughs> of our history? I think everything's changing. I, there's a lot of things changing for me. I don't exa- exactly know what's going to happen, but it's been really exciting. It's going to be more f- scary, exciting um, coming up here in the next year. A lot of projects, and um, you're doing your photography, which is looking like eight thousand percent better than the, every time. Every time you send something, it's like, oh my god, Courtney took those. Jesus. Oh, I thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, same. Amazing and then, stuff. Uh, yeah plugging down hard and uh, trying to be a better me and uh, it's starting to pay off. I'm very happy, very excited for 2019. So um, uh, what have you, what have you vacuumed up for us this year? Because every Ooh. time I'm like, I've got to, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to keep up with Courtney now when you have, I have you on the show. It's a challenge. It's a good challenge. My goodness. Well, I just like, you know, I've got a, a list of the length of my arm now of like weird uh, for every season of course i've got my uh you know uh cokey spoopy creek mix on youtube and now uh coco's holly jollies which is my weird christmas songs but i i scoured uh i think it's like oh, over 200 songs now mm-hmm. yeah 209 i think a, on your uh, list. yes to find a nice uh, selection for you here i picked 15 of my favorites but i thought we'd kick it off usually go chronological with these things so uh the, the oldest of my little batch this year uh, is coming from 1954 uh, I found it actually, it's on this uh, compil- compilation, which is uh, actually I'm going to be playing through my personal uh, holiday experience here. It's the Ultra Lounge Christmas Cocktail Compilation of 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Billy May, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Mambo. So Billy May, uh, I want to do a little backstory on him. Uh, born 19, 1916, um, passed away in, in 2004. But he was an American composer, an arranger, and trumpet player. Uh, but this guy worked with a lot of the greats. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby, Peggy Lee, Bobby Darren, just to name a few. Uh, he actually arranged for one of my favorite Nat King Cole albums, just one of these, just one of those things, uh, which I have on vinyl. And it's just like a wonderful, gut-wrenching, uh, heartbreak album. Every song is just like painful and... You know, but with Nat's, uh, you know, yes. like, voice, it's just, uh, you know, pain that you can't help but subject yourself to. Yeah, it's like pain. Uh, it's like it's like pain uh, given to you in the middle of honey and syrup. Exactly. Like a spiky mallet wrapped in silk. It's just one. <laughs> so, uh, it's even better. <laughs> this guy, he also collaborated. Uh, our friend Billy May here collaborated with uh, Stan Friedberg on several novelty albums in the 50s and 60s as well. And uh, I thought very interesting to mention, too, he composed music for film and television classics. So he did the green music for The Green Hornet in 66, uh, for Batman in mm-hmm. 1967, including the Batgirl theme, and for the Mod, Mod Squad in 1968. So he won uh, two Grammy Awards, including Best Performance by an Orchestra in 58 and Best Arrangement in 1959. And then a lot of his work was re-released on these Ultra Lounge series, uh, which came out in the 90s. So this is just a wonderful collection. If you can get your hands, uh, I think they're all on YouTube. There's a, uh, two two albums of these Ultra Lounge Christmas cocktails. Uh, but this is just a great one to start. You go mix yourself up a martini and uh, do a little two-step to this one. This is Billy May with Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, red-nosed reindeer mambo. Dana Blitz and Dasher, dancer, prince of Vixen! Yeah. 
it comes tonight. the mystery of it, the strange packages hidden under the bed and in little out-of-the-way places, the conversations that stop abruptly when I enter the room. I like being ordered not to buy anything more for myself after the 1st of December because you're so hard to buy anything for. Yes. I like Christmas, and I like to feel that God sets aside these few days near the end of the year so that busy men of business may pause and realize that there are other things in this world besides barter and trade, work and worry, hate, that love and friendship still exist. Yes, I like Christmas. The happy faces of expectant children, the hustle and bustle of the crowds, the millions of dancing lights, the crunch of snow under the feet, the gaily wrapped packages, and the brightly lighted windows. Yes, I like Christmas. I like to look back over the year and silently give thanks for the friends I have known. To give thanks for the inspiration they have been to me. And to know that without them, I could have accomplished so very little. The fact that I have found this world a great place to live in has been due to the thoughtfulness of others. So, I wish you the joy of Christmas, the spirit's sweet repose. I wish you the peace of Christmas to mark the old year's close. I wish you the hope of Christmas to cheer you on your way. 
and a heart of faith and gladness to face each coming day. Yes, I like Christmas. Well, good for you, Frank. Uh, that was <laughs> Franklin McCormick. Are you there, Courtney? Can you there hear we, me? Now I can hear you. Whoops. Ah. There we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, we were listening to this, and I said, uh, I was telling Courtney, when I first listened to this, I was like, oh, this is, in, this is insane. What do you mean conversations that stop abruptly when I come into the room? Does that mean somebody's mad at you? It's like, no, I think it's because they're hiding presence. So at be- first, I thought it was, uh, you know, it sounded like something like maybe he was like a, a junkie. It was all about hiding packages around the house and people like secret <laughs> talking secretively. I'm like, what is this about? Is this Christmas or uh, <laughs> a dope house from the 50s? Yeah, well, it could be. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was thinking about the weirdness of it. And then it turns into a very normal. I, I, while I was listening to it with Courtney, I said, wow, this is like now you're going to have to start listening to it ironically. <laughs> Franklin, yeah. Ma- Franklin McCormack was a radio host. He was born in 1906. He used to host the all-night showcase on WBBM and WGN radio in Chicago from 1959 till his death. He died on the air doing his show (gasps) on June 12th of 1971. It was sponsored by Meisterbrow. It was also known as the Meisterbrow Showcase. Is Um, is that where they get the term dead air from? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, too soon? Uh, <laughs> it's never too soon. Um, the show yeah. was known as Meisterbrow Showcase. And he would make it. Uh, I found this quote about incredible segues into commercials. When he was advertising Meisterbrow beer, Franklin McCormick uh, once said, Have you ever held a beautiful woman in your arms, kissed her tenderly, and looked deep into her eyes? Well, that's the same feeling you get when a long, refreshing drink from an ice cold Meisterbrow beer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah, that was from 1950. <laughs> <laughs> beer, beer back then. My God, it sounds like <laughs> who needs women? We've got Meisterbrow beer. There you go. <laughs> oh, man, no, that was a great track. A lot, a lot of passive aggressive, dry, uh, sardonic kind of humor. <laughs> uh, my next one is uh, she's a little more direct, actually. Uh, yeah. I've decided to. We're going to go out of the chronological order here. I'm skipping ahead to uh, 1959 here. Fan, that's fan. Uh, is uh, Miss Pearl Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Pearl Bailey, uh, born in uh, uh, Newport, New Virginia in 1918, uh, she began her vaudeville career at the age of 15, and she had a very famous brother as well, her brother Bill Bailey, uh, who was a famous dancer. And actually, Bill Bailey is the guy who invented the moonwalk, fascinatingly enough. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was the first one who did the moonwalk, and I think later on it was Bob Fosse who sort of uh, dusted it off, and he gifted it to Michael Jackson when he was giving him dancing lessons. So that is, uh, mm. that's an interesting little tidbit that I found. But uh, Miss Pearl Bailey, she had won several uh, singing contests, and then she became a regular in the black nightclub scene in, uh, in Philadelphia in the 1930s, performing with greats like Duke Ellington and Cab Calloway. Uh, and she actually befriended and supported this emerging female personator, Lynn Carter. The two of them went on to co-star in an all-black performance of Hello, Dolly, uh, which won uh, which won Bailey a Tony Award. So, uh, yeah, later on in her career, she became a spokesperson for uh, a, a Duncan Hines commercials. And she was, actually <laughs> sing- she was singing the song, Bill Bailey, Won't You Come Home, which actually led me to finally clarify something which has long since troubled me. So there was... Bill Bailey, Won't You Come Home. That yes. was the original, that was the song of 1902. Right. And then her brother, who was the famous dancer who invented the moonwalk, was Bill Bailey, the dancer, born in 1912. And then later on in 1964, 65, but the internet is not clear on this, came Bill Bailey, the comedian. So this has been uh, Know Your Bill Bailey's uh, with Courtney O'Hearn, but that has actually straightened out that timeline because I was kind of confused as to which which bill was on the bill first. But this is uh, 
Pearl Bailey giving you a pretty straight shooter uh, uh, rendition of what she would like for Christmas. This is a five pound box of money. Hey Santa Claus, you want to make me happy this year? Listen to me, honey. Give Pearl something that'll be of some use to me, like a, like a five pound box of money. Now, now there's a little gift. It's loaded with lots of sentiment. See, whenever I get blue, Santa, I'm gonna think of you. But at the same time, that will change to pay my rent, you see? Now, money isn't everything. There's no two ways about it. But while we're here, Santa dear, is much better with than without it. So, really, I could be real good and not do nothing funny. If you do like I ask you, start me right on Christmas night. Try me, try me. Try me on that money. Just try me on it. Santa, can you hear me? You listen to everything I'm asking you about? But listen, Santa dear, the new year, oh, it would be so bright and sunny. Bring me that little simple thing I've been speaking to you about. Like, like that, maybe a five-pound box of money. That's all, that's all. It would be so heavenly and help me meet both ends. Yes, indeed. What old Pearl really needs is that five-pound box of ten. How much can it weigh? I ask you, how much? I don't want the whole money tree. What good is that big thing to me? You keep the branches, you can keep the trunk and the root Cause all that I want is just a little bit of the fruit So you want to be sure I'll be your little old honey, honey bunny You try me, start me off on Christmas night with a five pound No, I better increase that, make it ten pounds No, I better put in a good while I'm begging because I mean I'd catch you next year you know people go out you, sometimes you don't see them no more so bring the money Santa can you hear me five bring me some money oh Santa now what I want with this diamond are you kidding the father church bells at midnight A wrong time for church bells to chime He went to the tower Found a little girl there Said, why ring the bells at this time? I'm just ringing the bells for Jim Please, Father, ring in the bells for Jim I'm sorry I'm crying but my brother Jim's dying so I'm ringing the bells for Jim please father pray for him this Christmas he's sick and he's in so much pain the doctors all say He'll be gone any day, so I must ring the bells again. 
I'm just ringing the bells for Jim. Please, Father, ringing the bells for Jim. I'm sorry, I'm crying, but my brother Jim's dying, and yeah. I'm ringing the bells for Jim. After Christmas, she brought him. Said, "Father, need little Jim. You see, he got well when he heard the church bells. I was ringing the bells for Jim. I'm just ringing the bells for Jim. Please, Father." Ringing the bells for Jim. Sorry, I'm crying, but my brother Jim's dying, so I'm ringing the bells for Jim. Ringing the bells for Jim. That's uh, Johnny Cash from his 1963 album, The Christmas Spirit which also includes uh, such hits as I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, Blue Christmas, which I think other people have uh, Mm -hmm. done. Who Kept the Sheep? Now, what the hell is Who Kept the Sheep? That's a Scottish carol, isn't it? Is it? (laughs) Sorry, that was was a sheep fucker joke. Okay. Um, (laughs) I have Scottish friends. I didn't didn't Uh, want to slide into that right away, but that's fine. (laughs) Oh God! There's there's another there's another faux pas sliding right into sheep. Myself on the naughty list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So from money to cash, that was a good segue. That was a that was a sad one. I yeah. have a sadder one, but I think are we going to save that one for a little later, or should we slide into that? What do you think? <laughs> you do, is little... it a country song? Oh, it's a country song. Did you want to go into? The, should we go there? Should... Yeah. Sure. Be a good segue. Uh, it's a little bit later on. It's uh, seventy-eight, but I think mine trumps yours because it has oh, a much bleaker ending. Oh I, hell I, yes! I, I love. I this don't want to ruin it um, for anyone. It's 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 uh yeah it's 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 pretty bleak. Uh, this is from Red Sovine. Uh, he's kind of a famous uh, known for his like kind of trucker songs. Yeah. Uh, so he is kind of oh what, what was the famous one there? Phantom three hundred nine is a very famous one and yep. Teddy Bear. Um, yeah, so he, uh, this is from one of his very last recording albums. He did Christmas with Sovine and I believe a gospel album. Uh, this is in 1978. And then uh, he died a couple years later, 1980. Um, he had a heart attack while he was driving his 1979 Ford Econoline 150 uh, van uh, near the intersection of Battery and Leland Lanes in southern Nashville. <laughs> and just as much as he died from a broken heart, you very well may, after listening to this, the most depressing Christmas song I have ever heard. This is uh, Billy's Christmas Wish from 1978, uh, Red Sovine. <laughs> of course, it starts perfectly. The fat man sat on the busy street corner, his white beard and red suit in rhyme. His ho-ho brought joy to the children, for again it was Christmas time. His belly would shake as he merrily laughed, spreading his Christmas joy. I'm Santa, come sit on my knee, he'd say to each little girl and boy. 
But standing apart from the merry crowd stood a lad about seven years old. With no coat to cover his bony frame, he was shaky and weak from the cold. He had no shoes to warm his feet. He looked hungry, just skin and bone. But with a look of peace on his humble little face, he just stood there all alone. When Santa saw the boy, a sympathy grew, and he said, Come here, lad, come here to me. He covered the trembling frame with his robe as he placed the child on his knee. The boy looked up into Santa's eyes with worship for the bearded man. And he said, My name's Billy, and I love you, sir. Why, you're the grandest in all the land. And I didn't mean to be no trouble, Santa. He went on trying hard to smile. But I heard you laughing and I saw the kids and I thought I'd just watch for a while. But I won't bother you with wanting nothing, sir, cause I already know I've been bad. Santa looked down at the poor little ragged boy and he said, son, where's your mother and dad? Well, my daddy lives in prison, Santa. That's what mama says anyhow. They say he shot mama's boyfriend. He's been there a long time now. And me and Mama, we live with Mr. Brown now. Mom works at the bar every day. Mr. Brown just drinks beer and cusses a lot whenever I get in his way. So I've been gone about four days now, Santa. I've been sleeping in cars that I find. And I know that makes me a bad boy. But you sure have been treating me kind. I've been praying for you since I've been big enough, Santa. Every Christmas Eve night. And then the next day, the kids have all the toys, and I know that you made it all right. And I'm so glad to see them so happy as I go walking along. But my stocking is always empty, and that's how I know I done wrong. Mr. Brown told me all about it. He says I just ain't no good. And I know he's right, cause you never came, sir. And I know if I wasn't bad, then you would. It's okay, son, Santa muttered. Such faith he had not seen in a while. Though a tear was straining to fill his eyes, he looked down at the lad with a smile. Just tell Santa what you'd like, son, anything you might have in mind. I didn't know where you lived before, Billy, but I promise I won't miss you next time. Little Billy's face quickly grew brighter, such luck he would never have guessed. After thinking a while, he finally said, Well, sir, I might just have one request. Have you ever been to heaven, Santa? Why, I bet you know God as good as you are. Could I just ride up to Jesus' house, sir? If it's not too awful far. He might just let me live there a while. Daddy says he likes little boys. And I wouldn't take up too much room, sir. I'd just sit in the back with the toys. And I promise not to be bad, Santa, and I could help God do his chores. And he might even let me see Daddy, and I wouldn't be hungry no more. I'm so tired and sleepy now, Santa, said the child as he looked toward the skies. With a sigh, he relaxed against Santa's chest and peacefully closed his eyes. Santa quickly felt for the little boy's pulse. Someone please get a doctor, he said. But when the ambulance took little Billy away, everyone knew he was dead. The children had grown more silent as they listened to the little boy. They were no longer happy and laughing. His story had stolen their joy. 
They looked to Santa for comfort. He fought for the right words to say. He said, now kids, don't be sad for Billy, because he just went to heaven today. He wanted to go and live with God, so now everything's all right. Let thoughts of Billy make your hearts be kind, and I'll see you all Christmas Eve night. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, it's over. Poor Bill. Tragedy poor, divorce, poor, homelessness, children dying in Santa's lap. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Where's the whiskey? <laughs> My God, isn't it glorious? I love that song because we, I think we found it independently. And we I said, Courtney, listen list. to this. And you said, holy shit, listen to this. I was like, it's the same one. We're going to use it. Yeah, it was listed yeah. online under two different names. But it is, it yeah. is the same miserable odyssey. Um, and yeah, <laughs> he, he has a couple of other ones. But this is just, I mean, compound it with the Christmas theme. It's just, it's just bloody tragic. <laughs> well, we went Formally. from, go ahead. Oh no, that was it. <laughs> we went from um, uh, uh, let's force irony on it to heavy, heavy, heavy. It's already there, irony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to save that one for later, and then I told you it's like, well, when it comes to killing a ch- child in Santa's lap, no time like the present. Let's get right to it. Yeah, I had a few All other right. c- country ones. I had a few other country ones, but I, I didn't include okay. them on the list. I'm going to save them for next year, like To Hell or To Heck with Santa Claus by Loretta Lynn. That one's pretty decent. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh-uh. I had one that, too, on my, my short list. It was like Poor Folks Christmas, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice, bitter, uh, <laughs> bitter little odyssey. But you know what? We've got specials to come down the road. We might yeah. as well pay for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I what will. Do we have next? I don't think I played this last. No, I know we checked that we didn't play stuff last year that's going to be on this year's show. We made a list. We checked it twice. Exactly. This is a track from sometime in the late 70s. Somebody was, at, let's see, one night around Christmas 20 years ago. This is on the YouTube thing. I was doing a recording session at A&R Studios in Hell's Kitchen in New York. We just finished the session. My producer and I started to get some, decided to get some food. It was fairly late at night, and we ran into Paul Simon and Steve Martin at, at the restaurant. What? We had a little bit of wine, and then we had some more wine. Nobody was feeling any pain. Oh. We got a brainstorm that we should go back in the studio and record a Christmas record. It must have been about midnight at that point. So we go back to the studio, and Paul Simon and I are singing the background that Chris, of that Christmas Carol Silver Bells. Bells. We're harmonizing, and Steve Martin starts into the soliloquy, what Christmas means to me, with these hysterical descriptions of the secretary sitting on the copying machine and risque scenarios. And Paul and I are just trying to keep it together. We did this maybe on one take, and we had a Christmas single. Now, it was never given to a record company, but there's a copy of it floating around somewhere stuff like that happens in new york it's a small town billy joel from american way magazine from uh, 2001 so uh, the story of this it. i never knew that story the story of this usually <laughs> is that it was an outtake from saturday night live because all these people were um mm. on saturday night live I don't yeah, know billy joel was on but certainly paul simon and steve martin were regulars in oh, the early yeah. years of saturday night so one of my favorite eras of snl is. yeah and the, but I love those yeah combinations of yeah who bumped into who. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Did I show you that Madeline Kahn? Um, uh, <gasps> You're not withholding Kahn from me, are you? Any Madeline? Kahn I thought I, I showed you that Madeline Kahn where she she does the um, the song from um, oh God. West Side Story, except Ooh, she no. she does it as she does it as the Bride of Frankenstein. 
<laughs> Bless her twisted soul. No, I have to see that. Send that. Send that to me. That would be my Christmas present. Oh my God! I mean, I thought when you were here, I was like, Courtney, sit, sit, sit. Look, look, look. <laughs> it's hard to find. I think you can only get it if you have. Let me see if oh. I can somehow, somehow find a pirated version or something. But yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> However, this is Silver Bells by Steve Martin, Paul Simon, and apparently Billy Joel. I did, first I thought it was just Steve Martin and Paul Simon, but I guess Billy Joel was in there playing, playing uh, Pianer. So here we go. This is uh, this is a nice big long one too, so you can smoke them if you got them. But have a good listen. <laughs> City sidewalks, busy sidewalks. Just in holiday style In the air There's the feeling Of Christmas People passing Children laughing And for mile After mile On every street corner You'll hear Silver bells Silver bells it's Christmas time in the city. so many times and in so many different ways the odds were with me anyway he looked up at me and said what does Christmas mean to you and I said Lemuel Christmas is a time for giving a time for receiving a time for eggnog and rum time for cutting down trees and hanging plastic doodads on them and watching them die slowly in your living room, catch fire and burn down your house and all your possessions. It's a time for buying things that haven't sold all year long, wrapping them up in shiny paper and giving them to your friends, return them and find out you got it on sale can only exchange them for things of equal value, like charcoal briquettes or matchbooks with other people's names on them. A time for giving your wife that special coat she always wanted. Those seals didn't need their fur anyway. What do they want it for? They're dead already. It's a time for eggnog and brandy and driving home on icy streets accidentally nudging the car next to you off the bridge into the frozen river watching the car sink seeing the bubbles float up under the water it's time to sip an eggnog martini and think about the poor and talk of feeding the naked and clothing the hungry time to get Christmas cards from all your friends that consolidated and allied an acme. The time for seeing all those happy children sitting on Santa's lap at Toyland, thinking to yourself, 
I'll be a Santa next year. Twelve years old is not so far from eighteen. Maybe I should be laying a little groundwork for the future. It's a time for parties at the office with eggnog and vodka. Telling your boss what you really think of him while he gets a perfect Xerox of your wife's rear end. Time for sitting by the hearth, sipping eggnog and tequila. Your feet up on a burning log. It's realizing that Uncle Walt has been in your garage for 45 minutes with the car running. You say to yourself, damn Uncle Walt. You were supposed to bring me back more eggnog. And that, Lemuel, is what Christmas means to me. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Mamacita, ¿dónde está Santa Claus? ¿Dónde está Santa Claus? And the toys that he will leave. Mamacita. with Don Deste Santa Claus from 1958. He was a 12-year-old kid, and he recorded this novelty hit with the Mark Jeffrey Orchestra. Um, it was released by MGM Metro label, and um, it had a really funny uh, B-side as well, too. It was called uh, Old Fatso, uh, otherwise known as I Don't Care Who You Are, Old Fatso, Get Those Reindeer Off My Roof. 
Um, but yeah, he was just this 12 year old kid and it was a huge hit for him. Um, he was like a Puerto Rican born in New York uh, and has said wanted to do numerous other things in television, theater, uh, Broadway appearances. Uh, but this was kind of his like biggest claim to fame, this song. Um, it was kind of a huge cultural influence, uh, this song. It's very well known, uh, as I said, particularly because it was like a, a, a big Spanish hit. Uh, particularly in 1958 when there wasn't a lot of uh, sort of, right. uh, you know, Spanish Christmas hits. Yep. Uh, so it was a, a fam- famously referenced years later, too, by Cheech and Chong in their uh, Christmas uh, bit from Santa Claus and His Old Lady from 1971. And I think we have a tiny clip of that here. Uh, it's just like the first couple seconds of it, but it's just I love Cheech Marin just sort of butchering this song if you want to give a listen. Okay, here we go. Mama, mama, cita, donde esta Santa Claus? Lavato with a bony knees, he's coming down the street with no shoes on his feet, and he's going to. No, no, that ain't it. Mama, mama, donde esta Santa Claus? The guy with the hair on his jaws, Hey, man, come over here, man. I need some help, man. <laughs> of course, he needs some help. Yeah, yeah. There's tone deaf and there's tone dead. That's just, uh, <laughs> but we love them. God love them. Oh, man. So what do you have to follow that up with? <laughs> I don't know what I could follow that up with. So I guess I'm going to try um, uh, Tiny Tim's version of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. But it's not Ooh. in the Tiny Tim falsetto. Oh, I love when he kind of breaks from that because he actually had a marvelous singing voice in many, many tones. Uh, yeah. Uh, he would... Um, his real name was Herbert Buckingham Cowrie. Um, Ooh, yeah. that I did not know. Yeah. Born in Manhattan. Um, his mother was a garment worker and the daughter of a rabbi. She immigrated from, um, that's nice, having a, a helicopter outside. There's a very <laughs> a very Los Angeles Christmas. It's Cheech Ren coming to kick my butt for insulting his name. Yeah. He's flying, flying in directly. His father <laughs> was a textile worker from Beirut who was also ah. a Maronite Christian priest. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and when he was when he was five, his, vi- his father gave him a wind up. He was born in uh, 1932. When he was five, his father, father gave him a wind up vintage gramophone and a 78 RPM of beautiful Ohio, which he listened to <laughs> for hours on end. <laughs> and at six, he started teaching himself guitar. In his preteen years, he started listening to records from the uh, specifically those from the 1900s to the 1930s. And he spent a lot of his time at the library, at the New York Public Library, looking up the history of all the phonograph records, the industry, the recording artists. He would research the sheet music and he would make photo photocopies of them to take home and learn, which he did throughout the rest of his life. Yeah. And in the early 50s, I didn't know this all this about Tiny Tim. This is great. Yes. In the early 50s. I feel like him in. uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, him and our friend Viv Stancho would have been good friends because he was another one that had a huge mm-hmm. passion for looking up and dusting off these old, like, uh, yep. 78s and these kind of, like, almost forgotten songs because, you know, we all know, like, 78s, they didn't really survive the test of time yeah. being as brutal as they were, but that's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that explains why he has such an amazing, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> comprehension of some of those older tunes. Yeah. In the early 50s, he got a job as a messenger at MGM Studios in New York. And he, you know, that's where he said, hey, maybe, you know, showbiz is something I like, I wanted to, I might like to do. He entered a talent show and sang You Are My Sunshine in his, <laughs> in his newly discovered falsetto. He said, I read uh, that um, he was singing for a while and then he, he heard a Rudy Valley record, I think, and heard <gasps> Valley singing in falsetto and went, oh my God, I can do that. And so wow. that that's why he started singing falsetto. Um, cause that's he, amazing. Yeah, because of Rudy Valley. He also grew, he saw a picture apparently of Rudy Valley with his long hair, and that's when he grew his hair long. <gasps> that all it all makes so much more sense now. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, it's so amazing you're getting, oh, go ahead. 
No, it's okay. Oh, and st- and grew his hair out to short- shoulder length. I guess it was sometime in his twenties, uh, and wore pasty white facial makeup. His mother did not understand his change in appearance. Was attending to take her son to the, now in his twenties to see a psychiatrist at Bellevue <laughs> till his father stepped in and said, "No, it's fine. The kid's fine." Uh, <laughs> in 1959, he he had his stage. He changed the stage name after a whole bunch of other ones to Larry Love, the Singing Canary, at Hubert's Museum and Flea Circus. There is a segment I have of Lenny Bruce with some fleas from the Flea Circus on his show in 1959 in New York called oh, Lenny wow. One Night Stand: The World of Lenny Bruce. They've got a close-up camera and a guy has a flea circus. They've like they're like pulling little carts around oh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah, yeah. So Tiny Tim actually, well, as Larry Love, the singing singing canary, was singing at uh, Hubert's Museum and Flea Circus. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He played the ukulele and sang in his falsetto voice, um, tiptoe through the tulips, and performed a lot on, on amateur gigs. In the 1960s, he got discovered and um, got his big break on uh, Laugh-In. Um, ah. And the first time he came in, he, he entered carrying a shopping bag, pulled his ukulele from it, and sang a medley of Tisket a Tasket on the, good sh- and on the Good Ship Lollipop as an apparently dumbfounded host Dick Martin watched. I remember <laughs> if you see t- cl- clips of that, they just cut to Dick Martin. He's got his mouth open. He's like looking at him and then looking back at the camera with his mouth open. What is this? For his third number on Laugh-In, he entered Blowing Kisses, preceded by an elaborate procession of the cast, and after a short interview, he sang Tip Through the, to the, through the Tulips. Um, he also got married on... Uh, to to miss to miss Vicky was that her name on the la- on Laugh In actually r- live on the show. Oh, oh my goodness! They, they had one child. <laughs> miss Vicky got pregnant, but the po- child was stillborn five months later. Um, uh, Tiny Tim buried the child with a headstone that read "It." Aww. He was also a huge. I keep going on about Tiny Tim, but we both love him. I think. Yeah, come on. He his favorite sports team was the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> yes. Represent <laughs> Canadian, but of course. And in, 19- in October seventh, nineteen sixty nine, he was able to take the ice um, before a charity oh. hockey event, and he had never ice skated in his life. So three members of the team helped him skate on the ice. It was his very first time trying to skate. He's quoted as saying, "What a thrill! Just being on the ice was great." <laughs> oh my god! So he had a Tiny pretty amazing name, life. But, but like living a large life—that's fantastic. Well, uh-huh. Thank you for that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I can't even remember what I was going to play now. Tip th- no, I'm no, sorry. <laughs> Tip through the two. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus from Tiny Tim's Christmas album, which I think came out in 96. This is only a couple of minutes. So, um, yeah, this is not in his falsetto, vo- falsetto voice as far as, I, as far as I remember. Here we go. Nope, it's in his falsetto.
saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yes, I did. Underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a peek. She thought that I was stuck up in my bed fast asleep. late for this plane to go through i just have the window open because it's so i have the window open because it's so warm in here ha 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 oh rub it in why don't <laughs> i try not to do that i mean that's such a dickish no. thing to do from you know for what? la I people told you about my three pound lobster you can tell me about the 25 degree weather that's, okay. that's fair enough it's all fair fair trade <laughs> okay so that was uh beboppers christmas by cordell jackson which is a great name yes cordell jackson aka i love her nickname was the the rock and granny uh but that came uh, much later of course uh no cordell jackson she was born 1923 in pontotoc mississippi and this is a woman that was a uh, well young girl who started playing guitar at the age of 12 in a town where girls just didn't play guitar so she is uh, she's a pretty phenomenal character. She's thought to be the first woman to produce, engineer, and arrange and promote her own uh, rock and roll music huh. uh, on her on her own label. So yeah, she 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 grew up uh, in a small town, started playing guitar. You know, people just thought, well, 
girl shouldn't be doing that kind of activity. Uh, she recorded several demos at Sam Phillips' Memphis Recording Service, uh, but she was never brought into the Sun Records stable of male artists. Of course not. Um, and, she, and she got a little, a little bit frustrated. And actually, with the advice and assistance of uh, one uh, famous country star, Chet Akins, mm. she went on and founded her own label in 1956. And this is oh, my, my favorite part of the story. She called it Moon Records. Just to count her son records. I love that. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah, she served as engineer, producer, arranger for her own work. Mm -hmm. uh, and she created her own stable of her own chosen uh, rockabilly, rock and roll, and country artists. And it wasn't until later in the 1980s uh, that uh, Tav Falco, Alex Chilton, a couple others uh, started doing covers of her songs and it created this renewed interest in her works. And so she had this sort of like second wind of her career towards the 80s and 90s. Uh, in the 1990s, she was featured on David Letterman a couple times as well. Mm. And that's where she got kind of affectionately known as the rock and granny. Yeah. Uh, she became the cultural icon. She was in a Bud Light commercial in the 90s, too. She interrupts Brian Setzer during his rehearsal just to teach him a couple lessons on how to play rock and roll guitar. <laughs> and then she uh, she has a small cameo, too, in the uh, film the, uh, the Gun in Betty Lou's Handbag. She is the mm. bathroom lady mm -hmm. in that 1990 film. So she had Cordell. Uh, she sadly, she died at the age of uh, 81 years old in 2004, but she left an indelible rock on uh, mark on rock and roll as we know it. And her at the time of her death, uh, Moon Record label, it was the oldest continuously operating label in Memphis at the time. Uh, in nineteen in two thousand four, so the the moon superseded the sun in that department. So <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta love that. She is rocking on so many levels. What a great and story. A great yeah, it's cool. And you know what? She actually had a, a nice little falsetto voice of herself there. As I said, I could love to see a lovely uh, Tiny Tim Cordell Jackson uh, mashup mm -hmm. at some point if any of our listeners are so inclined to do so, or perhaps we shall undertake that for next year's Christmas special. I think we shall. Nice. I, th I think we should take it to the next level and start doing the mixes. <laughs> um, some original work. I, I, I concur. <laughs> so uh, what do we got next? Another double feature? Yes. Uh, Patsy Ray and the Beatniks with Beatniks Wish. I know nothing I don't know shit about Patsy Ray and the Beatniks. I could not find anything. My box set, I don't know where it mm -hmm. is. I got it off my Beat Generation box set that uh, Rhino put out there, I think, in the yep. 90s. Mm -hmm. um, there, there isn't anything. Okay, so you're going to play yours, and then we're going to follow that right up with mine. Because right. yours is the Patsy Ray version. is mm -hmm. from 1959 on Roulette Records. Right. And then I found this one. I dusted it off because I was listening to it. And I'm like... This is identical. So it's it's Tony Rondell Larson and a song called Cool Yule that was released uh, the next year, 1960. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was basically like a cover, but he kind of reworks the the words. But it's the exact same music. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if they just found some generic beatnik bongo track and they're talking over it, or if they just kind of recreated it. But it's exact. But it's same with my yeah, guy. Probably there, just use the same. There's absolutely nothing uh, written about him. Um, they didn't even put the original writers of his song on the on the label. Uh, it was like these guys, William Olofsson, Warren Baker, Terry Gallinoy. Uh, they were left off the uh, the actual album itself. It's just a picture of this dude uh, smoking a cigarette in this nice bright like yellow and uh, and pink sort of cover. Very groovy looking, but these things were novelties. People were just like knocking them out. It might not even be their real names. Who knows? But oh, it probably that. wasn't. I mean, yeah. I looked it up, and I think she was under another couple of names, too, doing things that are completely, others, yeah. yeah, completely unrelated, which I didn't think was um, relatable <laughs> or was uh, actually uh, relevant to what we were talking about here. So I, I, I guess I decided to keep it a little bit. Um, well, I was just lazy. Um, so I'm yeah. glad you looked up some of this stuff. No, no. 
and then this is the thing I, I think it was just like they were at peak sort of like uh, making fun of the beatnik uh, era mm-hmm, there was just mm-hmm. a lot of people who were kind of taking taking the piss if you will uh, there was another version of even of this song by another dude uh, Ed Kooky Burns uh, called Yulesville so like it, it was just kind of a, a gag that they kept on running but uh, yours is the first one the Pat Kooky from Dobie Gillis did a did a cool Yule I think I've why have I heard that yeah I think I've heard it yeah 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 I have <laughs> yeah because he did Kooky Lend Me Your Comb and then Kooky's Mad oh. Pad and a couple others he did a exactly. whole bunch of stuff based off his character on uh, Dobie Gillis. So yeah, so. No, it was a uh, it was a running gag, but uh, we're we're, we're hep daddy o. Yeah, you know, we, we dig that kind of groove. Okay, here's Beatnik's uh, wish, uh, followed by Cool Yule. Cool Yule. So we'll we'll, we'll get those back to back, and then we'll be back in a second here on Ready Mysterio Show. This is a note on what may become known as beat diplomacy, or how to be diplomatic for that little man in the red suit and the furs. Like a gatepost of Dumbarton Oaks, the Washington estate, which has been the setting for several international conferences, It bears a plaque that reads, Way Out. (laughs) 
like it was the night before Christmas and all through the pad, not a hip cat was swinging, that's nowhere, Dad. The stove was hung up in that stocking routine in hopes the fat man would soon make the scene. The kids had all had it, so they hit their sacks, and me and the bride had begun to unlax. When there started a rumble that came on real frantic, so I opened the window to figure the panic. I saw a square short that was making fat tracks being pulled by eight dogs who were wearing hat racks. And a funny old geezer was flipping his lid. He told them to make it, and man, like they did. I couldn't help digging the scene on the roof as I stood there just waiting for Chubby to goof. They stood by the chimney in bunches and clusters till Tubby slid down, coming on like gangbusters. Like he was the squarest man, the most absolute. But let's face it, who cares when he left all that loot? He's laid the jazz on me and fled from the gig, wailing, have a cool you, man, later like, dig. Have a cool you, and man, later like, Yeah, there was that was a there was a very abrupt ending. No, that was uh, that was some pretty hep stuff, Daddy O. Santa's bag. It's like wow, it's like heavy <laughs> like, Whoa. We were looking at the picture of um, who was the artist? Uh, Tony uh, Tony Rondell. Tony Rondell. Uh, he was he was looking it. very very cool in his uh, Larson. That's it. Tony Rondell Larson. Yeah. Cool, you all. Yeah, no. The, there's n- virtually no information on the sleeve, but it's just it's a fabulous like a yellow and pink starburst, and he's got the shades and the cigarette, and just uh, just looking. I, I don't know. Is that tobacco in that cigarette? I can't really tell from who knows. It should. <laughs> uh, you know what? I want that covering an entire wall in the living room. <laughs> that would be that would be a good print. So all right, man. All right. My turn. What do we? What do we got next? We got something from 1972. Another thing I could find almost nothing on. I Mm -hmm. did find, I found that the, a listing of the EP it came from. Um, This is the 12 drugs of Christmas (laughs) 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 from the, from the, from the uh, self released, I guess, or self uh, doesn't look like there's a uh, major label on it. In fact, I don't even know if there was a label on it. But the, they probably had it on and took it off when they heard the, the lyrics to the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The EP has put the X back in Xmas um, mm. with a couple other songs such as Cannabis is Coming to Town and White Christmas. And I, I think we know what the white is in the White Christmas. Oh, no, uh, you know, illuminate, please. I'm sure. <laughs> My virgin ears. I've never heard such references. <laughs> to all right. Cover all the children's ears. They're, they, <laughs> the children's ears are starting to burn. Um the uh, I do remember this though because the, Dr. Demento used to play this when I was a kid, Ooh. and he'd say, "Oh well, actually, he wouldn't warn anybody because this was back before anybody had to warn anybody about anything." Ah, um, the golden era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people are allowed to just hear something and use their brain to decide if it was good or not, right. and have an opinion about it. 
But uh, this is the original from 1972 from the album Put the X Back in Xmas. The more, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Mushroom Tabernacle Choir. With the tw- Fantastic. Tw- 12 X Drugs of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two hundred reds and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Five valiums, four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six joints of smoking. Five valiums, four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven whites of buzzing, six joints of smoking, five alliums, four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight spoons of snorting, seven whites of buzzing, six joints of smoking, five alliums. Four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine caps of dropping, eight spoons of snorting, seven whites of buzzing, six joints of smoking, five valiums. Four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten mayoni buttons, nine caps of dropping, eight spoons of snorting, seven whites of buzzing, six joints of smoking, five valiums, four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred reds, and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Eleven magic mushrooms, ten leoni buttons, nine caps of dropping, eight spoons of snorting, seven whites of buzzing, six joints of smoking, five valiums, four grams of hash, three pounds of grass, two hundred and a tab of yellow sunshine LSD. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Be sure to tune in next week when the National Lampoon presents the beloved German Christmas tale, Gift of the Nazis, the heartwarming story of an impoverished concentration camp official who sells his electric torture machine to buy his wife a new set of lead-weighted thongs for her whip, only to find that she has sold the whip a new pair of electrodes for his generator.
Well, that got cut off ever so slightly. Maybe I can fix that in the mix. Oh, what's that buzz? There we go. It's there. There you are. What's that's that buzz? Song. It's from a. It's, it's from. A tw- it's the twelve drugs of Christmas. That's that buzz. <laughs> it had us buzzing. So yeah, nineteen seventy-one. I believe <laughs> it was just a bunch of people, just a bunch of friends hanging out, singing stupid songs about drugs. I mean, how much more perfect what, can you get than what that? What are the holidays for? That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really have anything on my list that could quite perfectly segue into that, so I thought I'd go in the other direction because I had a little double feature of my own mm-hmm. uh, with Frank Zappa. This was my little Christmas present for myself. Now Frank Zappa, quite famously. Did not use drugs. He was. It's one of those things. I think when you're when you're talking to people about uh, Frank Zappa, if they're not really aware of his music, they kind of assume from the weirdness and the humor that he was heavy into that. But he was staunchly uh, against the stuff. Um, uh, even I think drinking and whatnot was sort of forbidden before the show. It was you know you came and you came to perform. He was quite the professional and and, and drew a yep. hard line when it came to that. Um, but yes, uh, the, the 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 clip that I found uh, it's from Joe's uh, ex massage. Uh, it is the follow-up to, of course, Joe's Corsage. These were all um, things that were released posthumously mm. uh, in 2004 or 2005 uh, for the uh, X-Massage and 2004 for the um, Corsage. There was a series of them. I think actually, um, I mean, uh, from what I understand to date, uh, that Zappa, who had passed away in 1993, God rest his genius soul, um, he has like 40-plus releases credited to his name after his death. And all of these are courtesy of uh, the uh, his archivist and the dr- longtime drummer for Dweezil Zappa. This is uh, Mr. Joe Travers, mm. who is the archivist uh, for the family. He has been going through uh, the legendary uh, catacombs of uh, collections of recordings that Frank has done over the years, and he has been, uh, you know, digitizing them, keeping them in shape. Um, uh, transferring things to different mediums as these sort of different mediums erode. I mean, he was talking about the fact that th- th- this vault has everything. It has old film. It has, you know, uh, recording mediums that uh, don't even exist anymore. So digging up the machinery to even like preserve these things and, and keep track of them has been uh, uh, basically he's been at it for a couple decades now and doing a tremendous job um, because, as I said, he's been releasing uh, one album after the next. So this one came from 2005. And this was actually there's a lot of Christmassy themed uh, songs on this on Joe's ex massage. Um, apparently, Zappa quite famously hated Christmas. Uh, he was not really into it. Uh, he thought it was a little bit um, uh, sort of well flaky and uh, and commercial and and all those sort of things that he typically railed against in his music. Um, but anyway, I have two sort of short snippets. The first one I have is a Mormon Xmas dance report. This is uh, Frank himself and uh, his wife at the time, his lovely wife Gail, um, and they're just sort of uh, giving a little report on this concert that Frank had just recently played for a, a group of Mormons in their church. Interesting to know how that whole situation arose. And then after that, just a short little 56-second uh, snippet from an experimental track that uh, Frank did called Mousy's First Xmas. So here is a double whammy uh, Frank Zappa Christ- Christmas present for you all, uh, recorded in 1963 but released in 2005 on Joe's X massage My husband Frank had a very interesting gig tonight, and I'd like him to tell you about it. Can you tell me uh, where was this dance that you played tonight? I played a wonderful dance at the at the Mormon Church Recreation Hall in Pomona. What type of dance was this? Well, this is the swingingest dance you've ever seen, man. This was really beautiful. It was a Christmas dance, and this recreation hall was about as big as our living room. A big. It had a hardwood floor. It had a little stage, and on the floor they had a basketball thing marked off, and it was all decorated up, you know, like they really went to a lot of trouble. They had these wires going across the room like that, and millions of them, and they had these little 
threads coming down with cotton balls tied on the end. So it looked like snow. They had these trees, these dead trees, set up on these uh, pedestal deals all around the wall. And they were sprayed with snow. And they had little ribbons, bows, and parasols, and little boofers, and all these things attached to them. And then they had these colored lights underneath, lighting it up. It was real, real lovely. And then they had the, the uh, when you walked into the place, they had like a, a, a beaded drape, only it wasn't beads. It was these little cotton balls like snow tied onto threads. And then they had the big crystal punch bowls and uh, all these uh, wonderful Mormons standing around there getting ready to have this fine party. <laughs> Ray told me, he says, you shouldn't smoke when you go over there, man. They, they don't like it. So I said, oh, man, he's just being too cautious because he's a pretty tame guy.
I just wanted to let that fade out, you know, because it comes back in. I just wanted to let that fade out, you know, because it's it deserves it. What I was saying to Courtney during the break there that I've heard I've heard the kitties cats Christmas album. I've heard dogs. Of course, there's barking dogs. The very first uh, jingle bells by the by the barking dogs, which was uh, a classic in the fifties. I had never heard goats. Um, that's from a charity album. Wait, let me look and see my notes here. It was from a charity album from nineteen. I mean, from two thousand fifteen, which Gold was Christmas? yeah. It was a. Uh, it was a Christmas album put together by um, a Swedish charity, an entire album of Christmas songs sung by goats. Uh, like a full album. Not yeah. The oh, album is called All I Want for Christmas is a Goat, and it was put together by, by a group called... the internet say, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Was, uh... Active, action <laughs> is developed by a, a group called Action Aid in Sweden, I think... There are no credits for any musicians or goats or anything on there because I think it was all for Aww. charity. There is is our video of um, women standing on stage performing, making the goat noises. So not only did they put together, the th- I think those actually were goats, at least most of them. But there I was, was a say, the women they they weren't like impersonating goats; they were just taunting the goats into making sounds or no no using the goats like a no no they're standing on stage in a studio and they're uh, some of them are singing like a choir and then every once once in a while one of them just goes while they're singing <laughs> okay now i'm gonna have to check that out because that sounds delightful all right <laughs> we didn't we didn't discuss what you wanted to do on your turn so let me cue it up real quick you know which... what? I, I i actually i didn't know what to do but uh since we're in, in, in the field of goats uh, we have to bring up, of course, our, our, our favorites, the half goat, half demon uh, patriarch of Dark Christmas, Mr. Krampus. Yeah. Um, I almost wasn't going to do a Krampus song um, just because, you know, it just feels like, oh, my God, Krampus. It's kind of well, I think when we first started doing this and you and I started discussing it, it was a couple years ago and I, I thought it was just the most amazing thing. And then it kind of just got big and there's been a lot of Krampus stuff. So I'm like, ah, it's a little played out. But you know what? When it comes to half man, half goat, uh, you know, child whipping uh, demons that creep around Christmas, like, you really just can't. <laughs> you really, yeah. So uh, I actually, I found this one song uh, and I had to play it for you. Uh, this one song by, uh, it's a drag person, persona, uh, Jackie Beat. It's drag persona, a, a actor, singer, and songwriter, uh, a screenwriter as well, Ken Furr. Um, Jackie Beat has been a fixture of the New York cabaret scene for years now. Uh, appeared on Sex and the City, Wigstock Movie, which is an excellent documentary about wigs and drag culture. Uh, she was in the 1999 Joel Schumacher film Flawless, the one with De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't know if you've seen. Um, lots of TV, pers- TV appearances, movie appearances all over YouTube. Uh, Jackie is just constantly releasing these amazing videos and songs, live performances. I was torn because there was one I really wanted to release or really wanted to include on this list. Uh, it's called Sleigh Ride in Leather. And it's kind of a, a parody oh, yeah. of Slay Ride Together, but it's all bondage joke. Yeah, I heard uh, it. It was, it was a live, a live, uh, sh- it's a live one. But yeah. I went with this one because this is actually just dropped a couple days ago. This is her uh, Christmas feature for this year. And it is called Menstrual Krampus, which is just a <laughs> fabulous title. I highly recommend you go and check out the video on YouTube. Uh, just the makeup alone mm-hmm. is worth the trip. Fabulous makeup, uh, just uh, a decked out, serving you menstrual Krampus uh, in a divine, truly divine sense. So yeah, this is uh, from 2018, just dropped a couple days ago. I would like to send this one actually out to my to my bestie, um, uh, my friend Jason here in Nova Scotia, who goes by the drag persona of Rouge Fatale here in Halifax, one of my 
personal favorite drag artists. And uh, I'm going to be visiting him over the holiday season and hopefully get up to a little bit of makeup and hijinks and crazy music as well. But I uh, just want to send this. Jackie is one of his icons. And I uh, just wanted to throw this out for Rougie because we love her. And uh, yeah, hoping to see you over the holidays. Love you, babe. So this is uh, Menstrual Krampus 2018. Children roasting on an open fire Krampus ripping out your hair Santa Claus is a fat fucking liar Who'll bring you socks and underwear Shit you'll never wear So what's the point of being nice? Sell your soul or your dreams I will haunt And with your life you'll pay the price They're shoving Jesus down your throat They warn you that I am Church instead of Santa Claus on Christmas morn, it's something ancient yet brand new. She's in drag with a tail and two horns serving Krampus to. This year she's gonna drag you to hell Serving Krampus to you Okay kids, settle down, it's story time I said settle down! That's better. Twas the night before Pope's Day, and all through the goat, the croutons were twirling like tits on a boat. 
The scarves of young bellhops were basted in phlegm in the hopes that Tom Brokaw would grow on a stem. The milkman was throbbing and glaring at clamps, while erstwhile gophers molested his lamps. An eye in my carrot that made me lick spheres were spanking a nun underwater at Sears. When out in the beef hole a Frenchman was squirted, and clanged with such force that my nipples inverted. With ponies and catheters chained to my nose, I neutered a biscuit and swallowed my clothes. The clams and my waitress demanded more towels, as poodle-clad jockeys read porn scripts to owls. And there, on the perfectly boneless horizon, a vomiting duck made me switch to Verizon. The voice of my thermostat cut through the night like a fat Presbyterian licking a kite. It promised me hampers of mayonnaise and sorrow, and belched like a barnacle baptized by Charo. On kiwis, on forklifts, on poultry and nipples, on youpers, on poopers, on commies and cripples, to the nostril of glee, to the concubine planet, now Marmaduke, 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 damn it! As elk-flavored media gargled in pain like a murderous thermos of pork in the rain, and the constable pudding that lived in my basement burst forth manifestos on bovine replacement. And then, like the screech of a bucket of toast, when a rectal kaleidoscope comes in the post, a warm feathered hat made of anger and meat threw a cat through my face and glued fame to my feet. The porcelain lullabies bled through the cheese as fiberglass embryos marched by in threes. Gelatinous oven mitts nibbled my back like toenails and mayonnaise mixed in a sack. Bouquets of gay trapezoids buttered a cop, while Spaniards and circuitry bred in a mop and a thunderous anthem of blackheads in June destroyed mice with a Q-tip that pooped in your spoon. As pompadour polishers piddled a prayer and sodomy nuggets sewed poems to a bear, electric aristocrats rendered in fleece all the vestibule-wrestling pogo police. With a cuddly anvil held tight to my butt, I deflated a taco and called it a slut. A parmesan poodle clock puckered in pain, like a puddle-clad henwipe ingesting a train. Testicular tomahawks burned through the beans as the omelet capacitors strangled their spleens because spaying a turnip may tickle a tank, but the sex you can bake is the milk you can spank. A barnacle cocktail ate birds in a maze as the diaper repairman prescribed Dijonais, but I heard him exclaim as he gargled his arm, I farm where I romp, and I romp where I farm! Merry Christmas. <laughs> Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney liked that one. That was, oh, no, you blew me away with that one. I didn't get a chance to listen to all of your tracks before we started. But that was uh, that was a wonderful little gift. Thank you. <laughs> a worm. I, I, hmm? Go ahead. Was, go ahead. What was the title again? A Worm Quartet Christmas by the Worm Quartet 2012. Worm Quartet is the uh, the AKA of Timothy F. Christ. Christ. Christ is mm-hmm. even funnier. Um, band was formed in 1991, and the name is a reference to cartoons he used to draw. <laughs> it's from Rochester, New York. Let's see. Was this his self-description? No, it's a reviewer's description. Forcibly staples punk and electronica together and throws them into a blender with hysterically twisted lyrics. Yes. Featured repeatedly on Dr. Demento. What the hell? Of course. Uh, yes, that makes sense. Um, most requested song of the uh, year in 2004, which was a great idea for a song, and... Uh, um, and 2005 as well with a, a song of his called Inner Voice. The sole member of Worm Quartet is a six foot four inch long haired maniac who insists on being called Shoebox and poses by day <laughs> as a mild mannered software engineer. To me, I can hear I can hear um, all kinds of craziness in there. There's a very strong Zappa thing going on there for me. Yeah, little surrealist Dada sort of uh, word salad and uh, a lot of lot of scathing, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of commentary mm-hmm. mixed into a bunch of gobbledygook. That was delicious. Thank you for that. 
I don't even know where to follow from that because that was just, uh, as I said, on a, on, a, on a vocal or on a lyrical level. There's, there's not much that I can do to top that. So I'm going to go into, uh, I'm going to go into a slightly experimental uh, instrumental for you. Um, the okay. one that I pick next to go from my list is a um, New Order's uh, version of Ode to Joy from 1982. Now this was actually just given out uh, on a single called Merry Christmas from the Hacienda. Um, I don't know if you know much about the history of uh, Factory Records out of Manchester. They mm-hmm. were an independent record label. It was started in seven by Tony Wilson and Alice uh, Alan Erasmus or Erasmus Erasmus Alan Erasmus uh, and it featured I mean this basically launched you know so many great uh, acts in the sort of late 80s or sorry late, late uh, 70s early 80s uh, this gave us Joy Division which later on became New Order after the, the passing of Ian Curtis mm-hmm. uh, but also the Dreddy Column Happy Mondays Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark like so many amazing acts let, let out on this uh, label um, and the, the cool thing about this too okay so this, this was given away as a limited edition single uh, at the Hacienda which that was the, the great big club that uh, played all the music from Factory Records. So on Christmas Eve, they gave this away. It didn't even say anything. It didn't say who was on it. It was kind of later on discovered that there was different artists doing these things. So there was no title tracks. Uh, the, it was just a blank uh, 45 that said, Merry Christmas from the Hacienda and Factory, level, uh, and Factory Records. And it was given a fact number. So the thing with Factory Records is that they, they have this really interesting cataloging system. So everything that they did was given a catalog number. So the very first poster for the very first show that they ever had at the Hacienda, that was FAC1, like F-A-C number one. And as they went on, every record, every piece of artwork, everything was sort of cataloged and given a number. So by the time they did this show in uh, 1981 and handed out this single, this would have been a FAC51. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept on this uh, labeling of things, even after Factory Records uh, uh, you know, dismantled in 1992, the, the catalog was still active. So there was a movie made years later. It was in, uh, I believe, uh, 2004 or 2002, sorry, uh, 24-Hour Party People with Steve Coogan. I don't know if you've seen it. It tells the whole story of Factory Records, but that was given a fact number as FAC 401. Mm. Uh, then the website for the movie was given FAC 433. The DVD, when they released it, was FAC uh, 424. And even Tony Wilson, when he died, one <laughs> of the uh, guys, his coffin received a factory catalog number, FAC 501. <laughs> So Perfect. I don't think that, yeah. So this is uh, taking it back a little bit. This is Pack Fifty One, and this is uh, New Order, uh, sort of anonymously doing their bizarre electronic arrangement of "Ode to Joy." So Merry Christmas from the Hacienda. Ah. There you go. Oh, yeah, 
How's it going? Uh, you know, the usual. I'll tell you, <clears throat> this lawsuit thing against that drag queen in Georgia is really taking forever. What brings you over here, Pete? Well, Tom, through the night I've been tortured by fever dreams of a lovely and ethereal woman-child perpetually beyond my taunted reach, driving me to the very brink of madness. Hmm, jeez. Well, I hope she's stacked. Say, Pete, I'd offer you a drink, but I'd down the whole thing myself already. Then, Tom, for lack of spirits, let us toast this cold and empty Noel with a song. That's not a bad idea. Oh, give me a noose I can hang from the tree. I need no excuse to end my misery. This holiday season is all the more reason to die. Oh, pull up a stool and an ear to a fool who once found some solace in the season of Yule. This holiday season is all the more reason to cry. I put on my mittens, one green and one red And I walk alone where they bury the dead The snow falls as I grieve, it's a gothic death rock Christmas Eve The bottle is empty, the sleigh has a flat A stripper in 
My bed is ugly and fat. Her tassels are tangled, and what's worse, my jingle won't jangle. This time of the year makes me sick to my guts. All this good cheer is a pain in the nuts. When it's your career to be down in the dumps. Tidings of comfort and joy really suck. I feel like St. Nicholas is pulling my leg. This thing we call Christmas is a sorry black plague. This holiday season is all the more reason. All the more reason to die. This holiday season and Christmas sucks by Tom Waits and Peter Murphy, but not really Tom Waits and Peter Murphy. Um, <laughs> that was a Georgia band with uh, two people impersonating them. The band is called Porn Orchard. That was uh, that was done. There we go. Christmas suck. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. Oh, nice. Yeah, ninety five. Fresh uh, harvested porn from the porn orchard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now that Waits is bang on. You said that was a woman. Uh, no, it's a guy, but no, it's a it's I'm, a let's see the, the parody <laughs> alternately unofficial unofficially titled Christmas sucks, but also this holiday season recorded for a compilation called the Mother of All Flagpole Christmas Albums, some probably nineteen ninety two. Yeah, um, Porn Orchard was an arty hardcore band from Athens. Oh, my friend um, Dave Metcalf lives in Athens. I'd ask him about that. Oh uh, wow! Actually, that's a perfect segue. Yeah, yeah. For my when I had lined up next. Because uh, it's also come from the 90s. Uh, this is the Emerald Rose, which is a Celtic folk rock band from uh, from the state of Georgia. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so I, did, I couldn't again, I couldn't find anything really about this band. Uh, but uh, the song is called uh, Santa Claus is a Pagan, too. And I think it pretty much is self-explanatory. It's got just some excellent references to, of course, uh, what uh, really, if you uh, do any Google search, you can go on to find out is that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful Christmas Christmas uh, traditions that actually stem out of pagan traditions. I found actually a nice little list here online. It was uh, 12 traditions with pagan origins, but of course you've got your holly, your mistletoe, ivy, ivy, um, wreaths, of course, coming from the laurel wreath. Um, Santa Claus himself, I mean, people attribute it to St. Nick, but it's actually a com- combination of the figures of St. Nick and Odin, the god Odin being a bearded god in a, in, in a, in a robe. Uh, the whole thing of like gift giving, gift giving uh, wassailing or caroling as we call it, uh, combinations of red and green and the burning of the Yule log, all these things kind of stem out of fabulous pagan traditions. So I found this lovely little ditty called Santa Claus is a Pagan too, And we're going to do a back-to-back pagan special for all you heathens out there. I was going to follow that up with a lovely song, uh, sang in Latin, called Yo, Saturnalia, uh, which translates to Hooray, it's Saturnalia. So here is our Saturnalia pagan fest for you uh, lovely listeners out there who want something a little bit more uh, older than Christmas. <laughs> 
Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest. And if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and bake those cookies too. Cause Christmas time is really Yule, and Santa's pagan too. He's got that Buddha belly, and his top's the Holly King. You dressed him in that British coat, the cap's a Nordic thing. You took the horns right off his head and stuck them on his deer But he still flies high like Jupiter with a belly full of beer Hey, Santa Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest And if you are a very witch, he'll bring you all the best So get that star up on the roof and make those cookies too Cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's pagan too Now history says Christ was likely not a Capricorn But if you want to share our Yule, we don't care when he's born Come celebrate the dawning of the Sun King's bright rebirth And if you practice what you preach, we'll all have peace on earth Hey, Santa Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest And if you are a very witch, he'll bring you all the best So get that star up on the roof and make those cookies too Christmas time is really Yule, and Santa's pagan too. Now Santa's way more jolly than most Christians would require. And if you weren't so busy, he'd be dancing around this fire. Yeah, you can call it Christmas, you got his way outgunned. But just you wait till Beltane, then we'll see who's having fun. Hey! Santa Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest. And if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and bake those cookies too. Cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's pagan too. Hey! Santa Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest. And if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and make those cookies too Cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's pagan Omnis equali sumus tu, omnis equali sumus tu. Ecce meum pileum, ecce meum pileum. Libertus sum. 
Okay, well, that was uh, David Warren Solomon's. Uh, it's actually a, a track that was recorded in 2017, despite its wonderfully primal um, uh, sort of sound there. Uh, this is actually a contemporary artist, uh, David Warren Solomon's, born mm. in 1953. He is a composer of lyrical, tonal, and modal music, mainly chamber music and small vocal groups. He's occasionally known for larger forces. He's also an alto singer in churches and cathedrals and has performed on classical guitar and lives in Loughborough in the, in the United Kingdom. Uh, and this is from his night, uh, 2017 album, Tripping My Light Nostalgic. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a song that he t- completely wrote uh, in Latin. Uh, and apparently, like, I mean, we, uh, my Latin is a little rusty, pardon me. Uh, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of inside jokes about just uh, uh, sort of uh, 20th century, uh, Latin to 20th century politicians. All, I told Courtney, all I have left is stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I put all the, as if most of the stuff we played so far isn't silly. But uh, this one I just discovered the other day. It's Grandma's Christmas Dinner by a couple of guys called Paul and Storm, who I'd never heard of before. And I will explain, I will play a couple here. The uh, Grandma's Christmas Dinner. I'm not sure if I should follow it up with Timmy's Bedtime Christmas Story, which is (laughs) totally insane, or Away in the Manger by Boonar. Maybe I'll save Boonar for the end because that's the most insane one. Oh, um, yes. Always save the crazy for yeah. that. So, yeah, leave, leave them wanting more. So this is uh, <laughs> Grandma's Christmas dinner, and then we'll get uh, Timmy's Christmas bedtime story by Guy Yama, or Lama, introduced to me by Dono, who has a show called Hour of Crap, which is on this new um, web station I'm on for WFMU called Sheena's Jungle Room. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. If you like this show, you will wet your pants if you listen to <laughs> Sheena's Jungle Room. I have many pairs of wet pants sitting in the laundry right now just from listening to Sheena's Jungle Room. However, it's here true. I've seen it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen them. So here's here's Grandma's Christmas dinner. <laughs> we piled the family in the SUV on Christmas Day and headed off to Grandma's house 100 miles away. For Grandma cooked a great big Christmas dinner for us all. She's done it every single year since I was very small. Now all her life our grandma's always been a bit confused. Forgetting where she parked the car and wearing mismatched shoes. We thought that it was cute at first, but lately she's been getting worse. The final straw was when we saw the dinner she produced. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. She crammed him full of yams and served him up with mashed potatoes. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Uncle Al threw up and Auntie Patty screamed with fright. But I was really starving, so I snuck a tiny bite. 
That yappy little bastard always drove the family mad But with some chestnut stuffing on the side He's not half mad This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog Turns out that Chardonnay's the perfect wine with Cocker Spaniel. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Sing it, Grandpa. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. We don't know where the cat is, but dessert is on its way. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. It was a fuzzy, frumpish Christmas Eve. And little Timmy was so full of excitement, he could hardly sit still. He needed something to do. Dad, he said to his father, is it okay if I set the dog aflame? No, little Timmy Pooh, I've got a better idea. Kindly father set down his new photo essay book by Madonna, which he was finding very hard to put down lately, and cleared his lap so he and little Timmy Wimmy Woo could have a nice chat in front of the fireplace. Sit right here, son, and we'll have you a nice little bedtime story. Uh, just put down the gas can first. Little Timmy Wimmy Bobimi Banana Fena Fofimi put down the matches and sat on Daddy's lap. And don't worry, they weren't in Kentucky. And Daddy began to tell his story. It was a very cold day like this, Ricky Timmy Tacky, right around Christmas time. There was a very poor boy, and he had a very sad life. Usually, he had only moldy crusts, not necessarily from bread, to eat. And he had lice going on him bigger than his toes. And he had no friends except for a rock. And even the rock avoided him in public. And every day he had to walk 77 miles in the sub-zero cold with only two socks and a prophylactic device to wear. Well, okay, three socks. But he was warm on this Christmas Eve. For the air seemed full of warmth, despite the fact that it was actually full of cold. And the boy was happy because he knew in his heart that Jesus Christ had been born on this day nearly four million years ago, and he was warm in his spirit. Actually, he was happy because of the huge amounts of various illicit drugs he'd inhaled, imbibed, and injected earlier. And later that day, he was found face down in the snow, flailing his arms and screaming, Get the Paisley Bear off of me, over and over until a vein burst in his head. Dad, Timmy said, who was that little boy? Daddy smiled kindly. Well, Timalama Ding Dong Bingo was his name of. Let me tell you who that boy was. That boy, well, that boy was. He was definitely not me. Well, at least not the part about being poor. And the moral of this story is. But Timmy was snoring, fast asleep. Well, Daddy said, looking directly at the camera, I guess I'll just tell him tomorrow. And he blew out the fire in the fireplace. Just so that no one could see the terrible carnal terror he inflicted upon his own son with a dull instrument ten seconds later. and gentlemen, once again, I'm your host and piano player, Guy Lumber. Thank you so much. Next up on the agenda is a smashing little posy that I just know you'll love.
Santa Claus. Ooh, ooh, yeah, I'm Fat Daddy. The reindeer boss. Johnson with Fat Daddy from uh, 1963. Uh, I, I snagged this one off of uh, John Waters' Christmas compilation, which was released in 2004. Uh, Paul Fat Daddy Johnson, aka the 300 pound king of soul. Uh, <laughs> he was a Baltimore DJ, uh, born in 38. Uh, he started uh, doing DJing while he was going to University of Maryland. Um, at the time, he was influenced by this other flamboyant Baltimore DJ, DJ Kelson Chop Chop Fisher. And after bouncing around a few stations, he finally settled down to WINN uh, and just became this iconic personality of morning radio in Baltimore. So I, I found this article, actually. It was like, uh, basically, um, this is from an article of the Baltimore Sun written by Frederick N. Rasmussen. And uh, he says, during the 1960s, Baltimoreans anywhere near a radio at 6 a.m. were summoned from their slumbers by the deep ringing of a gong, followed by a chorus like the one that accompanied Richard Burton as he walked the last mile in the robe, according to the hmm. Sunday Sun magazine. With the stage set, an organ flared up, sounding for all the world as if it was providing the musical background for Bela Lugosi's grand entrance down a staircase in Dracula or any other RKO horror movie from the 1930s. <laughs> and then came the voice of Paul Fat Daddy Johnson, the 300-pound king of soul, with its rhythmic, rhythmic incantations and machine gun-like soul jive. His voice and delivery have been described as precise and sonorous, and yet high-pitched and pressurized. His outrageous monologues rolled forth with a gospel-like fervor. Hear me now, he'd hiss into the mic, up from the very soul of breathing, up from the orange crates, up from the ghetto through the suburban areas comes your leader of rhythm and blues, the expected one, 
fat daddy, the sole boss with the hot sauce, built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> Everyone loves a fat man. The fat daddy show is guaranteed a satisfied mama. I'm going to go out, way out on a limb on this one, Baltimore. Fat papa, showstopper. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, if you go online, actually, uh, and do a little bit of research, they've got some excellent uh, excerpts from his show back in the day uh, that are online. And he is, uh, as I said, it's worth the price of admission. Uh, go check him out. Very, very colorful character. And, uh, yeah, this uh, came off, as, as I said, the John Waters Christmas special um, soundtrack from 2004, which is just full of tasty gems like this. And what was yours? Did we talk about that? No, we didn't talk about it. Uh, I'm, would- I'm, I'm queuing up your next thing here. Um, that was, well, the first one, obviously, obviously <laughs> the first one <laughs> was the, the, um, the Paul and storm Christmas, grandma's Christmas dinner, um, Arlington, Arlington, Virginia based com- comedic musical duo, Paul Saburin and Greg storm de Constanzo best known for humorous songs about geek culture and a huge internet fan base because they're also favorite favorites of Dr. Demento again, again with the yeah. Dr. Demento. Yeah. The again with Dr. Talking. Demento. <laughs> they have a weekly audio, uh, a podcast, Paul and storm talk about some stuff for five to 10 minutes on average, <laughs> 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 or they'll talk about food live shows and upcoming projects. Okay. If you want to check that out with Paul and storm, and then um, after that, uh, uh, somebody that um, that Dono introduced me to, Guy Lama or Yama or however you want to pronounce it. Yama Lama Nana Dama? Yeah. Yama Lama Ding Dong? Yep. Guy <laughs> Lama Yama Ding Dong Crud Tongue Timmy's Chris Time Bid Craig. Timmy's Chris Time Bid the Toy, yeah, Guy, <laughs> Guy Yama and Timmy's Toy Boat Christmas Bedtime Story Toy Boat Toy Boat. <laughs> Christmas, Timmy's bedtime gibberish. Right. Uh, that was that was a cute one too. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm going to follow up my uh, fat daddy with another uh, song about the the great fat man that we're all expecting very soon. This is an Arlo Guthrie tune that I discovered uh, online. Now the YouTube clip, if you look it up, um, it's eight minutes long and it's totally worth watching. But for the sake of brevity, brever, brevity, for the sake of brevity, brevity. I have decided Breverty. That's uh, yeah, his uh, Bre- Brevity's cousin, Breverly. Breverly. <laughs> uh, so Beverly Brevity. Beverly Beverly Brevity. That would be my my drag persona <laughs> when, I, when I go to open for uh, for Jackie. Uh, okay, so this is Arlo Guthrie's song called uh, "Pause for Mr. Claus." Arlo Guthrie, of course, being the son of Woody Guthrie, who was born in 1947 in New York. He's lived most of his life in Massachusetts, and like his father, he is known for these dissenting sort of political folks jingle jangle songs. So this was originally an eight minute track on YouTube, but the first six minutes is just him taking pot shots at the FBI, which is totally worth a listen. Uh, uh, but I just thought since this is a music show, we kind of fast forward it through some of the jokes. And uh, I gave it a little wee intro here. But uh, this is just basically a look of uh, at Santa Claus through the eyes uh, of the police. This is this is from 1968. And it's kind of funny, kind of sad that this is like a 50 year old song. And yet still so <laughs> much of it's what kind of rings true. But uh, I'm going to let uh, Arlo Guthrie do the political commentary here. This is Pause for Mr. Claus from 1968. But... But in America, there is no discrimination. And there is no hypocrisy. Because they'll get anybody. And that's, that's a wonderful thing about America. And that's why tonight, I'd like to dedicate it to every FBI man in the audience. <laughs> I know, you can't say nothing, you know. You can't get up and say, hi. You know, because then everybody knows that you're an FBI man. That's a drag for you and your friends. They're not really your friends. 
Alrighty. Yeah. I mean, so you can't get up and say nothing, because otherwise you got to get sent back to the factory. And that's, that's a drag for you, and it's an expense for the government. And that's a drag for you. We're going to sing you this Christmas carol. It's for all you bastards out there in the audience tonight. It's called The Paws of Mr. Claus. Why do you sit there so strange? Is it because you are beautiful? You must think you are deranged. Why do police guys beat on these guys? You must think Santa Claus weird. Let's get Santa Claus cars. Santa Claus has a red suit, he's a communist. And a beard and long hair must be a pacifist. What's in the pipe that he's smoking? Mr. Claus sneaks in your house at night. He must be a dope fiend to put you up tight. Why do please guys be on these guys? Thank you. Shall we? Let's do it in the foxtrot mode for you pig Latin speaking fans. That's oxfe ottrake. Okay, ready? Um, this is must be Santa. Now I'm going to sing it. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to say who? Uh, 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 and you'll say Santa. Uh, 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 and then uh, well, I'll ask it again. Then we'll run down the line of what we said. La la uh, la la la. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Yell it out. All right. This is going to be a lot of fun. Shall we? Sounds about right, doesn't it? Okay. Who's got a big red cherry nose? Santa's got a big red cherry nose. That's you. Who's got a laugh that goes ho, ho, ho? Santa's got a laugh that goes ho, ho, ho. Everyone, ho, ho, ho. Cherry nose must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. All right, now that's the way it works. So we're going to go a little bit further with it. Everybody sing. When he laughs, Santa's belly jiggles when he laughs. Who's so cute he can't wipe his ass? Santa's so cute he can't wipe his ass. Wipe his ass when he laughs. Ho, 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 I fucked up cherry nose. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Okay, now we're getting it. Shall we go? 
Bruce got really nasty gingivitis. Sanders got really nasty gingivitis. Bruce got nonspecific urethritis. Sanders got nonspecific urethritis. Urethritis. Gingivitis. Wipes his ass when he laughs. Ho, ho, ho. Jerry knows. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Santa looks right up reindeer's butts. Who's a lazy tub of guts? Santa's a lazy tub of guts. Tub of guts. Reindeer's butts. Urethritis. Gingivitis. Wipes his ass when he laughs. Ho, ho, ho. Jerry knows. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. If you have not sing, sang in front of the eyes of God, this is our last verse, so everybody sing. Who's one of those people who looks better when he's nude? Santa's one of those people who just looks better when he's nude. Who's just an all-around righteous dude? Santa's just an all-around righteous dude. Righteous dude, better when he's nude. Tough of guts, reindeer's butts, urethritis, gingivitis, wipes his ass when he laughs. I'm here. Here we go. So we're gonna we're gonna try a little something on the fly. We're yeah. Gonna, you you just passed me off this beautiful uh, little piece of uh, written uh, word here by our one of our favorites, Jack Blanchard. Uh, Jack, of course, him and his wife Misty have done some amazing work over the years, which we have featured on our Halloween shows. I believe we've uh, had him on the we had him on the anti Valentine's show. There's been some uh, yep. excellent stuff by that. So this was his uh, 2017 Christmas message. That uh, he wrote just the other year, or just last year. Yep. Um, and so I'm just going to read this off, and I think uh, Greg's going to try to to amp it up with a little bit of sound effects and post, and give you guys just a little magical Christmas wish from Blanchard and from from Greg and I uh, to send us off into 2019. So here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> so uh, Merry Christmas, all you Christians, Jews, Muslims, atheists, rich, poor. And let's not leave out the fringe weirdos. Merry Christmas, I say, to all humans, dogs, cats, and miscellaneous living items. Warning, I am armed and extremely jolly. Christmas has been my favorite holiday my whole life, and I want to share it with you. You don't have to buy me anything, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Join me in my toasting of old St. Nicholas, if you will fit in our toaster. Ha! <laughs> I really do get jolly at Christmas. Cry with me at the ending of It's a Wonderful Life. Let's boo and hiss together at old Mr. Potter. We'll get sentimental listening to the Christmas carols at Walmart. And let's all pray for snow, even if we're in Florida. What time is Charlie Brown on? Enjoy new times with old friends. If we don't have any friends, let's make some. Find somebody who looks down in the dumps. Give them a big smile and toss them a Merry Christmas. If they just look at you funny and walk away, so what? There are other people waiting to be annoyed with our Christmas glee. 
Think about your hometown and try to recall the good times. I think about Buffalo this time of year because that's where I got up to all my Christmas spirit to begin with. Shopping downtown, trimming with the scotch pine with people we loved more than we knew at the time. I laugh and cry a lot as Christmas approaches. I even cry at commercials. I laugh easily at funny remarks, especially mine. It's embarrassing, but I don't care. Ten minutes after a joke has slipped into the past, I think about it and start laughing again. Everybody tries not to notice, but the more I try to stifle it, the more I laugh and tears come out of my eyes. Christmas makes me weak. So whatever your religion or non-religion is, Merry Dang Christmas. You don't have to go to church if you don't want to. I probably won't, but I might watch Midnight Mass on television, and I'm not even a Catholic. It's all part of the pageantry that is my holiday, and I plan to eat too much, mellow out, and enjoy the feeling. I'm working on my new song, Pat the Christmas Rat. The other reindeers won't let him play in any reindeer games. He can only play rat games, and yet he's full of Christmas cheer. One Christmas Eve, Pat slinks down the chimney with his big bag of presents and is beaten to death by a couple of toddlers. It's a sad story, but there's probably a moral in there somewhere. Call me on your holiday and I'll join you. But listen, what I'm saying to you right now is this. Merry Christmas to all good people. <laughs> is that a take? That awesome. is a wonderful take. <laughs> I can't believe awesome. I got you to read that, but it's Jack Blanchard, Aww. so I knew you were, you know, it's, it's, um, you're already prime. <laughs> yeah. Anything for Jack and Misty, I'm telling you. That's, uh, thank you for that. That was beautiful. Yeah. The, it, and it's, ju- it's, it's, uh, it's sentimental, but it's just weird enough to be right. all right well on that note (laughs) i guess i will play i I will play um we're gonna go down the the weird we're gonna finish off with our with our we saved our strangest for last of course yeah so i'll i'll do my strange one and then um we'll do yours and we'll do a uh and we'll Hmm? We started a tradition since last year. I believe my last one last year, I finished off on Gigi Allen's 12 Days of Christmas, which was, you know, I couldn't find anything quite as offensive as that. But um, honestly, for all you people out there that are getting a little offended at Baby, It's Cold Outside, uh, I got a little uh, punk song here by the UK (laughs) sub. It's going to knock your socks off. (laughs) Uh, But Greg, you you go first and uh, yeah, let the weirdness prevail. Okay, this is uh, Away in a Major by Boonar. From Merry Christmas CD, released, I think, what, maybe 2009? I'll, I'll back announce it when it comes up. Um, this is not on YouTube. I just found it online, looking around for stuff. And it's one of the most, <laughs> it's one of the craziest things I've heard. And it, 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 I love it. It's the best version of Away in a Manger I've ever heard. And so <laughs> here you are.
quite often I get offended. How as kids we got by like Christmas time in our house, we couldn't even afford a fire. But we made do in our house back then when I was young. Dad used to suck a peppermint and we'd all sit round his tongue. We couldn't afford no tinsel on our Christmas tree. So we just with old granddad in a make the old cunt sneeze. We didn't round the other side, Granny. Well, things change so bloody fast, I've got children now my own. Now I heard them unwrap their presents last night when I got home. You can't wear my fucking vibe I'm unwrapped all this other gun Here's nothing what I like I'm not a fucking letter And I'm kind of still swipe You carry a big wanker Where's my fucking vibe? If I wanted a pair of fucking socks I would have fucking asked This cowboy suit and thing from Satan Stick right up your ass You went up by my order And it's enough to make a skew This not just this pissed off My sister's cheap off too you can't, where's my fucking plan? You promised me you fucking can't, you know who I am Cause I'm the little girl you may see right on your hand Never mind your ho ho ho, where's my fucking plan? Next time I'm gonna say I'm gonna punch him in the dust Said his fucking reindeer to get rid of in the nuts Yeah, she went to next year, so we get to that store And I am my little sister, I'm stopping through that door Holy crap, Courtney. Merry fucking cuntsmith. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I thought that would be a great way. That's to my favorite song in the whole night, or the whole night there right you now. Go. You're welcome. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> well, thank you for your gifts musically, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed mine. It's, as I said, always, it's a wonderful tradition here, sharing our strange Christmas tunes. I hope you had a good time. I certainly did. I did. I'll back announce Boonar. Oh, yes. B- Away in a Manger by Boonar. That was an album just called Merry Christmas by Boonar, who is a French, apparently a French um, uh, experimental <laughs> music person. That's very experimental. Experimental. Guillaume Ben Lichier um, and Regis Victor. Um, that's from 2007. That's all I know about that. And when I listen to it, I'm, <laughs> the first thing I think is like, are they making fun of people? Are they like, is this like an anti-Anglophile thing? Or are they just being silly or what? But I don't care because it's just so absolutely ridiculous. Oh, no, it felt very much uh, like an homage to Tiny Tim. I think that was definitely what I got out of it. 
Yeah. Uh, mine was uh, UK subs. Uh, they're very English, uh, or sorry, very English, very early. They were very English, but very early English punk band. Uh, one of the earliest in the first kind of wave formed in 1976. This is like uh, some of the first ones coming out. Uh, mainstay of uh, the band has been vocalist Charlie Harper. He was originally actually an R&B singer uh, back in Britain's R&B scene back in the day, and then just went on to form a punk band, mm-hmm. one of the first street punk bands. Initially, they were called the Subversives, and then they became the UK Subversives, which just got shortened to the UK Subs. And these guys have been uh, churning out punk hits since 79, uh, a lot of singles that they've done. They were on uh, the Peel Sessions several times. Uh, in 1979, Julian Temple wrote and directed the short film Punk Can Take It. It's mm-hmm. a parody of like the wartime documentaries, but it consists ba- mainly of the UK Subs playing live on stage, and then there's sort of this commentary overwards so it's quite a parody i have to find it i haven't seen it yet but uh that looks like something worthwhile looking up um and then in recent years even uh they, they as i said up until in recently as uh 2016 they've been releasing these uh, uh political songs taking pokes at uh politics and everything else in between one of the most recent ones they did uh was sort of bashing of a, a british politician nick clegg uh with a, a song uh, that was called um uh yellow leader which is mm-hmm. clearly in reference to him because yellow was the official uh, p- color of his political party so yeah, these guys are still at it. Still, still, uh, you know, uh, having having a piss at <laughs> at uh, politics, at uh, sacred traditions, at Santa Claus, everything in between. So I thought that would be a good way to end the show with uh, something a little subversive, because that's how we do around here. Hmm. <laughs> Let me fade this in a little bit. It was one of the ones you had uh, to do over our over our. Uh, we'll see you next year. The sleigh ride polka that you had on oh, your yeah. list. Oh yay! <laughs> Courtney, thank you so much. When are we going to do another one? Valentine's? Maybe before? Oh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely have to do some for the Valentine's Day because uh, that was just so much fun. But uh, yeah, we'll see what the, what the new year brings. Uh, hopefully a lot more of these shows. As always, it's, it's such a pleasure. All right, Courtney. We've got more weird and wonderful things in store. We can even do one that's not themed. I'm, yeah, I'm we will. You're, you're doing your thing on WFMU, so let's just throw around some weird stuff uh, willy-nilly and yeah. And see what happens. That's an that's an hour show, and when that uh, comes up, I will announce it in all the regular places. And uh, we're going to ease Courtney into the uh, the uh, um, Sheena's Jungle Room um, uh, group uh, universe uh, core. Uh, uh, no cult. Ah, oh well, if it's cult, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking to add to the roster the bizarre things that I'm into. That sounds fabulous. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks so much, Courtney. And and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. All the holiday wishes, all the Merry Christmases, all the good stuff. And uh, yes, we will talk to you in the new year. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.